his, the first job that we had there was to rip the bar out. So you see, we ripped the bar out. It's been the biggest destruction of this community, or one of them. And so, yeah, that's how we acquired it. And so, yeah, we're running the wellness centre in there. So, obviously, it started with my transformation of telling the story. And then we were able to, a year ago, open the wellness centre where it was primarily a gym. first programs that we started and it's still going we called it Ngā Reo o Te Whenua and we would run buses it wasn't a tourism thing that's how we learned take people to different sites of particularly of, of cultural significance historical significance for the people living here we'd put them on the bus and say oh, you, you tell the story <laughs> So we went further and we'd go around to Whareto away, so I'd tell a few stories there and through Maniapoto. And we've even been up north. Um, the purpose of um, Kawaiake Te Wero is about our, our um, 13 marae around Taumaranui actually getting involved in the kaupapas of which we're promoting. So often we have a wero in which we, um, we engage in all of our marae to participate and contribute. In part two of Te Ohu Hapuri, our series about Māori who are affecting positive change in their community, I'm in Taumarunui, a small town in the king country with about 3,500 people. Geographically, it sits in Te Rohe Pōtai, or the king country. The landscape is quite flat, and if you travel there from Wellington, you'll pass the majestic maunga of Ruapehu, Ngaruahoi and Tongariro. The area has three World Heritage Sites. It's also home to Jamie Downs and his whanau, Ngaro Tarawa, who runs Te Wakapu Whenua, and Christine Brees, who runs Taumarunui Kōkiri Trust, a whanau ora centre that is a leading example of proactive health services. E te maria, no mai hoki mai ki hōtaka o te ahika. I'm Justine Murray. I first met Jamie Downs when I attended a suicide prevention hui in Rotorua this year. I went to talk with him and he said, I've got this piece of paper from my, from my pain specialist and for 17 years I've been going through pain um, because of an operation that he had and my pain specialist has got a report to say how the positive effect of what you've created, this is a Pākehā guy, of what you've created within the centre for me has done to help me rehabilitate myself because of the aroha that is here in this place. And I'm sitting there going, what the... He talked about his issues with depression, suicide and the weight loss mission he put out on his Facebook page. At 36 years old, Jamie spent part of his life wanting to get out of the town, but he was always drawn back. Health issues led to weight gain, but his focus on good diet and exercise led to a loss of 74 kilos. But for Jamie, who was described by his mum Moana as a real people person, he turned his attention to helping the people of Taumarunui reach their own health goals. What are we doing now, Jamie? We're just, um, we've got Shredex tonight, so it's a mixture of um, body weight exercises, so two minutes on, one minute off, and um, everyone just goes 
to uh, whatever they can do in the two minutes. And we usually rotate it every three weeks. So then they know that the week after uh, their previous one, I've got their previous amounts of what they've done so that they know that oh, they're wow. always either getting better or worse. So hopefully the, the better. So this is the gym and uh, at the moment oh, there's a few in. What's the time? It's quarter past six. Yep. And right behind him is his parents, Moana and James Downs. When we planned, planned uh, setting this place up, it was specifically set up the way it is to inspire our people at the door. We wanted them to come to the door, mm. come in here and go, wow. We wanted to be able to take them up some levels before they even started, mm. and just with the eyes. So that's what happens, is when people come in, they go, wow. The whole thing about it was having the, you know, this is some of the best gear that you can ever get. But it was about giving our community the best that we possibly could. And here, Jamie does classes as well. This is what we call the beast mode. And in here there's CrossFit, there's a CrossFit uh, unit, uh, boxing bags and the heavy weights. But also there's an ability to open up the glass doors and do um, um, exercise out in the car park. So it's quite often that Jamie does, he runs programs in and out of here. He's even got them running around the streets with bags on their backs. Yeah, James Downs, I'm from Ngāti uh, uh, Tō. Both my parents are from Tikani, and uh, but we've been brought up here in Tamaranui. We're yeah, born and bred here. But our, I guess our story has been that um, we wanted to keep our our family together as as much as we could. Mm. So, you know, going back to when Jamie was only only a, a baby, um, that's 36 years ago. There was a question that I had in me was, what what am I going to be able to provide for my kids mm. moving forward? Cut a long story short, we uh, got into business. The thing about it is all my kids grew up in the businesses, so um, we were able to use them as a, a tool, a tool to, uh, for experiences. I've uh, been here in Tauberanui, like I said, most of my life. So over the 27 years that we've been in business, you know, we've had uh, a few businesses, what it did for my, my children, it gave them experiences into uh, working with the public, um, communication with, the, with people, helping, you know, just helping people. And um, that's what we've been able to do over the time. We, way back when Jamie was only about 14, 15, we had the only youth centre in the town at the time. We saw an, a need there for a place for the kids and um, an opportunity sort of presented itself where one of the, the local business people here had a um, building. We were able to get anyway, set up um, video games and pool tables and uh, air hockey and yeah, so it was a real buzzy little place. <laughs> we used to put on a car, not every Sunday, but at least once every month. And that's what Jamie ended up and his brothers, he'd go, go out on the streets and Hello, come back and um, he's got these kids t tagging along, you know, got nowhere, pl no place to sleep and no kai. And so. so as the parents, you guys didn't mind at all? No, no, we no. encouraged it. Mainly because, you know, like the thought was, what would happen to these kids? Yeah, when would they get a kai? When he was about six, we decided that I would homeschool him. 
because he was struggling at school. From there, our kids, we had the dairy then, and that's how they started learning. They come down, and our daughter would sit on a stool or stand on a stool and serve people, and she was. That's all they knew was um, working with the public, and um, we, him and I, used to um, fight over schoolwork because um, he couldn't sit still for long. So when he was 14, um, we decided that with all the fighting and arguing, you know, to make him work, he actually excelled when we put him in front of. In the shop. In the shop. Yeah. yeah. He excelled. It was him. It, it was like he, uh, a new, it was his passion. Talking to people, um, he would work with his father, uh, doing the shop, uh, stocking the shelves and making yeah. sure, yeah, the buying and all that. So he learnt that while he was in between school, he'd go out and serve. Jamie's passion was when we were in the dairy, he said very clearly, he said, My passion is uh, money. Making money and people. That's what he loved to do. You know, through his his disability, being 170 odd kilos and getting a plan on how he lost that weight to be able to pass it on to others, that's where this this um, wellness centre came out of, was all because he had this uh, passion and this desire to help others. So when it's been a year on, over a year now that mm. the centre's been going, and I think our membership is up to... Uh, 2.20? I suppose the thing about it is a lot of those, that, that, that 2.20 uh, membership we've got is a lot of our Māori people, uh, people that have never known a gym. So we owned a um, cafe... We had the dairy, we had another dairy, we had the youth centre, and then we had uh, takeaways. We got a takeaways. So a lot of businesses were given to us, so it was sort of like, would, do you want to take this over? So we had a takeaways. Um, then we owned a cafe, and Jamie is a very good cook. But yeah, that's where he got big. He got really big. Oh. Yeah, ate all the profits. We, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, it was really literally <laughs> the truth. Yeah. yeah. So this and cafe, we spent nineteen years, and he said to me, "Dad, if we don't get rid of this place, it's going to kill me." He used to waddle up the stairs because he was up. to then he was probably at his worst weight, a hundred over one hundred and seventy kilos. Mm. But because he knew that uh, the business was an income for us, for all of us that he tried his hardest to, to keep working, but he just struggled. He mm. used to waddle upstairs and literally roll down the steps, staircase. Slide. <laughs> Slide. Yeah. So, he was really huge. Yeah. And Jamie dropped the kilos. Today, the Breakthrough Wellness Centre is creating transformational change. So someone will join and then their tani will come along and then their son or their daughter. So we're getting whole families that are joining the gym. And it's not just Māori, our Māori people. There's some, um, yeah, some... Pākehā Pākehā families. Pākehā families. It's all shapes, all ages, all colours, all races that that are coming through. We had the breweries ring us the other day, asking us if we were um, still a pub. Asking us if we wanted to be on their books, and oh. we said no, we're we're no longer a pub here. <laughs> we're a wellness centre, oh, so nice. yeah. So they've taken us off their books. 
big idea for us is that if we can do it here in Tamarini, other people in other communities can do a similar uh, setup. But this is in our town of Tamaranui is becoming a, a real um, centre where people can gather and, yeah, do a lot of things. Obviously, uh, proud of Jamie. Oh, very proud of him. I work right alongside him, so uh, I actually went through his transfer, uh, Shredathon program and um, lost 19 kgs. So, um, so that helped me to be able to get alongside him and help other people to come in and um, w- help them with their transformation. It's a Russian twist, Jamie. Oh, sit on the ground, feet off the ground, and then side to side, putting the kettlebell on the ground. Twisting, yeah, twisting, yeah. Lock the hole up. <laughs> Let's go! Running a business while giving back to the community seems to be the Downs Farno work ethic. The bottom line wasn't always about money. That work ethic has flowed down to their son, who turned the Taumarinui pub into the Breakthrough Wellness Centre. What are we doing now, Jamie? We're just, um, we've got Shredex tonight, so it's a mixture of um, bodyweight exercises, so two minutes on, one minute off, and um, everyone just goes to uh, whatever they can do in the two minutes, and we usually rotate it every three weeks, so then they know that the week after uh, their previous one, I've got their previous amounts of what they've done, so that they know that they're always either getting better or worse, so hopefully the, the better. Gee, Mum told me that she's lost 19 kilos. I know, yeah. It's just amazing. She's just, like inspiring all of the grandmothers. You know, this one, this lady here, she's a Russian lady. And she's like 57 and like got a body of like a 25-year-old. She's not 57. She's Are you t- 57. Mum's just really inspiring grandmothers. You know, that, you know anything's possible. Oh, bells rang. Ko tangi te bere. Was Tomarinui a good place to grow up? Yes. Pause because yes and no. Um, yes, in the way that it's it's very community. Probably no in the way that there isn't very many opportunities in regards to education and business and all of that sort of stuff. But I suppose my dad defied the odds because we're all there, all of his children, all of his grandchildren, and we've all been able to have employment. Um, none of us have been on the dole, and so he kind of took a leaf out of the Pākehā, the Indian and the Chinese book, and so his whole thing was, well, I need to be able to look at taking the redundancy to create a future for us. And so um, at that point, you know, there was a buy-in for us as well because every sort of business decision that was a good one and an unsuccessful one, we were all sitting around the table and he was saying, well, we've got to work together now. It wasn't a corporate board or anything like that that sat around, it was us. And we're sitting there and we're like, oh, well, we have to have a karakia and pray because the bank wants this and the bank wants that. And I suppose it's been our teaching and I suppose all of us know. Um, now we haven't gone through university or, or done all of that different stuff, but we've, we've gone through a time of trial and tribulation and having to just get in and work. Do you have any, like, a fun memory that you have of the dairy? Um, yeah, I do actually. A kaumatua walked in one day and he said, with his walking stick and his mokopuna, two of them, um, he said, uh, Oh, kia ora boy, first time I've walked into a dairy and it's not owned by a curry muncher. And um, 
And I turned around and I had a, I had, because I've got a tattoo, a tamoko, and I had a long sleeve and I turned around and I said, oh, pardon me. And he stood there in shock and just looked at me like, oh, embarrassing, he isn't in then. And then I turned around and I said, I said to him, sorry, sorry, Kuro, and I lifted up my shirt. And his mokos laughed at him and he threw his newspaper at me. You know, perception of, hey, but guess what? We learnt from the Indians and they are just like us. They are whanau orientated, they stick together. But one thing they do is they work and they don't allow those past things to hold them back, but they use what they have to move forward. And so the fondest memory is probably that um, and the fact that we learnt from them on how to, um, how to activate our potential and purpose um, as individuals. So are you here every day, Jamie? Yeah, yeah, yeah when you're not when you're not travelling. Yeah, when I'm travelling, um, <laughs> we kind of split the weekends, but yeah, try and be here as yeah. much as I can now. Um, I fell into a deep depression because um, I started losing my sight, so I got uh, what they call keratoconus, which is the stigmatism, which means rather than your eyeball being like a, a, a soccer ball, it's like a rugby ball. For me, being so energetic and all of that yep. sort of stuff to, to be told that you're going to lose your vision naturally just close my spirit up and I got to the stage where I thought well I've got no hope, I've got no purpose I started eating, then I hid and I just lived in my room playing Xbox and that um, four, five, six, five to six years um, I'd come out and I'd put it on a show and I'd be in, in our cafe because we were in the cafe at the time and we jokingly say that I ate all the profits <laughs> and uh, literally I looked like I did eat all the profits. Um, that there was a time where as, as it snowballed and I obviously snowballed into a snowman and got to the stage where I'd put on so much weight because of that and also eventually I got told that I had sleep apnea and so mm -hmm. sleep chamber and uh, if you don't change you're going to die in your sleep. And I thought, oh, I may as well. And, and that's, that's, that's how the depression come on. Someone that was energetic and wanted to save the world all of a sudden yeah. had succumbed to this depression. Um, and my mindset had just been changed because of, of the circumstance. And meanwhile, over those six years, how was your sight? It just got deteriorated. It wasn't until I sat there one night and um, I was there with the pills and the rat poison in one hand and sitting there thinking, hey, I'm going to end the whole lot. And then I got a phone call about my eyes, and I was able to get a... What was the phone call about? It was about the opportunity for me to get uh, two cornea transplants, um, which has changed my life. I've gone from nearly blind to 18-20 vision in both eyes. And so... Is that... So you've got other people... What is yep, yep, I've got other people's corneas in mine, so they pretty much cut the front off and then I got a needle and thread and got Did you a, ask for blue? Uh, <laughs> I asked joking. for hazel <laughs> and they said no and I said oh okay that's fine as long as they work <laughs> yeah so that, 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 that initially was uh, the catalyst for me hearing that I was like man I was blind but now I'm going to be able to see and so literally. a friend of mine literally and a friend of mine said to me hey you're no use to us dead man come on brother Let's go. And so I started accountability. I started exercising. I started lifting weights. It wasn't even cardio because, you know, I couldn't, the, 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 the treadmill would squeak. <laughs> so I was like, come on. <laughs> you know, so it was really kind of, oh, my gosh. So 
weights, and then within um, six months I'd lost 50 kgs. And uh, hence the reason why the kaupapa are about suicide, you know. Our rangatahi and our young ones are no longer speaking because they're silent. And so it's very important that now I see. Yeah, it's been a real learning um, for the last, obviously the last year and a bit. But yeah, I'm just so inspired now because so many different people are coming in and getting just life-changing results, you know. It's like, well, I'd be to get off my butt and continue to be this motivation. So it's, it's What's been your diet tips to the whanau? I don't believe in diets, like um, diet, D-I-E, you know, it pretty much kills you. <laughs> oh, oh. sorry. So what Jamie's doing now is because the bowel, it's almost like, yeah, so two minute workout, one minute rest. We're now in the Breakthrough Wellness Centre, which is the building next to it. Centre. Yep, Breakthrough Wellness Centre, which is the old pub and the old Cobb & Co and the old Tomaranui Hotel. How did you acquire the premises? <clears throat> um, you just... Same it was the divine intervention. Just... It was we were looking at purchasing a building, and then the guy that was in the building had to move out because he wanted to go to the main street to open a supermarket there, and so we needed a building to move into, and so we acquired that. And what an amazing um, opportunity it was because my dad doesn't have very fond memories of that place because of pretty he used much. To be- no, not so much as his family and his uncles and, and parents, oh, and that had a lot of involvement in there. And his first, his, the first job that we had there was to rip the bar out. So you see, rip the bar out, it's been the biggest destruction of this community, or one of them. And so, yeah, that's how we acquired it. And so, yeah, we're running the wellness centre in there. So, primarily a gym. Yep. Okay, a, a very... So there's some pictures eh, on your Facebook page, yes. Jamie Downs. Yeah. Yes, so it's all about really helping individuals identify their past and what's held them captive or paralysed them in the way of addiction or decisions and unforgiveness and all of that stuff and then work through the transformative model that has been created. Kaumaru Nui means the place of abundant shade. It's also known as Railway Town with a main trunk line. The name itself draws on the history of the area named by Chief Pehi Turua. Taumaru to mean shade or screen and Nui to mean big. It's understood in his last breath he asked his people to make a large shade to shelter him from the sun. One of the whakatauwaki that hangs on the wall of Kōkiri Trust is Kawia Ake Te Wero, or take up the challenge. In a sense, it's a call for the iwi and hapu to take up the services on offer at Kōkiri Trust, a whānau ora health centre. Yes, we're on Hakiaha Street, just in the middle of town. Small rural population, about 3,000 people live locally in Taumaranui, on the banks of the Wanganui and Ongarui River. Whānau ora manager, Frana Chase. We changed from having desks and tables to having couches and um, baby stations and stuff like that and to recruit, create an environment that was more welcoming. Um, the purpose of um, Kawiaki Te Wero is about our, our um, 13 marae around Taumaranui actually getting involved in the kaupapas of which we're promoting. So often we have a wero in which we 
um, we engage in all of our marae to participate and contribute, and that all sits under the core values of our organisation and our mission statement is um and you've got some beautiful tukutuku and paintings. Do you know anything about the paintings on the wall or the tukutuku? Yeah, I do. They came from a cafe. <laughs> Kokiri Trust is a one-stop shop for health services. The main office is in the city town centre. The work they do is evident from the outside, with messages of their work strewn across the window. And it's the same when you walk through the door. They run doctor services, a lifestyle home for the elderly, youth advocacy and budgeting services. They are one of 13 Māori organisations to implement the pilot programme Te Pauha Kinakina, Moving the Māori Nation, a kaupapa that combines physical, spiritual and cultural wellness. Ko uh, Christine Breas toku ingoa, no Ngāti Maniapoto, Mania Rotamrai, Mokotiawa, Pukatapu Tamonga, Iroto ita ite wahi o Mokokirunga. Well, my mahi began way back in 1989 when a group of women came together to uh, address the health needs of, of our Māori people. At that time, the status of Māori health was poorly, so we were going to do something about it. So we formed a health committee and we began advocating for Māori health services and uh, initially beginning in the Kohanga, Kohanga Reo. And our first project was a pilot uh, program called Whakarongo Mai, Glue Ear. Right, to get rid of obviously glue ear and, yeah. and young babies and young and young children. In Tamariki, in the Kohanga Reo, it, it was rife. I mean, we didn't have to be a nurse or have a medical background to know that our the Taringa or our Tamariki were were not so great. Anyway, um, as a result of all that, we initiated um, the hearing and vision testing team from Waikato to access Ngā Kohanga Reo, and we later on um, were key to the hearing and vision caravan coming into Tom Brunui. 1996, we uh, became a charitable trust, and we got our first contract, Tamariki Ora. And so uh, that's where it all began for us. And the dream was we were going to have doctors, we were going to have our own Māori nurses, we were going to have our kaiafina, and this is all written on a piece of paper and plastered to a wall. Interesting enough, today we have exactly that. We have three GP practices. We have Māori practitioners in our mental health team. We have Māori practitioners in our family start team all homegrown. I guess what we're trying to achieve is that ongoing um, continuity of care and, 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 and being healthy. So, for example, someone will be referred here to our disease management nurse with, say, chronic respiratory problems. Part of the management care would be physical exercise in our small gym here. So there is a management plan set 
for a period of time. When they get to the end of that period, it is hoped that um, that person can now be um, referred on to, to another. Um, so the major success in terms of Kōkiri's transformation would be the way in which Kōkiri Trust Edge transformed itself into a whānau order centre and is now leading a whānau-centred approach to the way in which the organisation works. So the changes for whānau are their own experience of what that is when they often um, come into contact with services, not just um, kōkiri in isolation, but often they have multiple complex needs, which means that services are um, required not just from kōkiri, but from other providers and partners. What would have happened in the past would be that if you were a pregnant mother and you had um, multiple needs, you would often have to see four or five different people tell your story four or five different times and fill out multiple sets of um, duplicated material and often it wasn't connected. Mm -hmm. So what um, Kōkere has done is to um, really look internally at itself in the way that it provided services and aligned itself to a more seamless, integrated approach. Um, so um, our trustee, Fire Isabel, um, she often talks about having a oneness of mind and I think that whānau water was a space where there was that oneness of mind to kind of support and push that kaupapa because it's not an easy thing. It, you know, we're trying to undo the system and create it again, uh, you know, um, in, a, in a short space of time, so it needed that uh, push and support from... Um, from governance and management to make that happen. And um, from what we've seen around the country with the other uh, providers and um, you know, people that we've talked to, a lot haven't got this far. So we often are talked of now about um, like leading it. So they say like we were light years ahead. Um, but I think we need to be ahead of the game for, for Māori Dung. Māori will be their own educators. Māori will be their own practitioners. Um, but to do that, we had to create a, a, a way of, of, of doing that. And so initially when we employed staff, it was Māori that came through the door. And they came, many of them came with the experience of being a mother or caring for their nannies and um, but not the qualifications that was relevant in relation to mainstream provider services. Because See? the Kokiri Trust operate from a Māori kaupapa. Yeah, kaupapa. Mm. yeah. The team initially were like Kayafina unregistered Kaimahi. Yes. But they were very useful to mainstream practitioners because they were the door openers of our Māori homes. That highlighted to me that we had to walk in the practitioner's shoes. Hence, the opportunity for career pathways began to be key in this organisation. Um, How do you retain them, though, after, oh, after you? 
after they graduate? That was an issue in the early days. We, we started out and we began to grow our own and then you were they were poached. The unfairness of that was the fact that if you went to a mainstream provider service, the pay was higher, there was no pay parity. You worked for a Māori provider and the pay, the, the, the salary was so much reduced. So it was a incentive to jump ship. Mm. However, things have improved over time and the co-papa has become more of the driving force as opposed to those things that you talk, we talk about money. Okay, so we're moving through this part of the building and um, so this is the gym, the small gym that Christine was talking about earlier there's before. And there's one upstairs. So how did when did this when was this set up? Um, this gym was set up in well, about six years ago now. So it came about when we got a small a, a little small amount of food here to actually I don't know, uh, buy a waka it was meant to be for. We got uh, $2,000 to buy a waka and then learnt that they were for to... or actual waka? Like a waka for waka ama? I guess. Uh, but we got $2,000 for the waka and when we went to buy one, we learnt that they are 14. So <laughs> <laughs> instead we, we bought some gear for our gym and Why? so we ended up getting about $2,000 worth and then from that the engagement from the whānau was so much that we were actually expanded and built to what we've got now which is you know some really big treadmills and some spin bikes. We um, continue to be a, you know we, we're insu we ensure that we're abreast of of the political world and, and the changes that happen out there and changes that are made in government. We, have, we are a whānau order centre. Um, we are driven by the fact that our whānau are, are, are the ones that determine their pathways. Ngaro Tarawa spent 23 years as a stay-at-home mum and raised her 11 children with her husband, Hiriweni. In 2009, Ngaro received the insignia of the New Zealand Order of Merit for Services to Māori and Community Education. She runs Te Wakapu Whenua, a community education centre. Her kaumātua guide her in her work. She established Ngā Kaumātua or Te Māori Atawhai Community Networks. Just this year, her husband, Heruini Tarawa, received a Queen's Service Medal for his ongoing service to Taumaru Nui. Now, when I prompt Ngaro to talk about her husband's honour, she's reluctant, telling me he wouldn't want me talking about it. Her dad and many Māori men, in fact, left their homes in the 1930s to work at the timber mills. As a result, many Ngāpuhi today live in Tūwharetua, the Taupo region, and the King Country. Ngaro is a wife, mum, grandmother and great-grandmother. She's seen many changes in the once isolated community, the struggles and the successes. I think uh, one of the unique things about this community, and here I'm talking about Māori community, is that um, we have uh, um, three iwi bordering on the same um, on the same borders of the, of the rohe. 
um, the the uh, uh, the home people of Tangata Whenua um, here uh, of the Whanganui Awa and there's us of Ngāti Tū Whare Toa who, who came over this way and border the um, the boundary from from the um, um, southeast side of Tomarunu, and then there's Maniapoto who do the same and come down from from the from the north, north, west, mm. and east, and and so it makes for a very interesting community. <laughs> I mean, while Tomarunu is a very small township mm. and very small. Um, population mm. there's um, I, I think I, I think this is right that we actually have the the biggest um, widest expanse of, of area in the country what changes have you seen oh, through the community a lot of changes yeah. a lot of changes my father was Ngāpuhi and like many Ngāpuhi of, of those years they left home to go to work you know what I was saying before. You 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 work to live, so mm. they left home. They left their home, and many came this way. For a time, my father was um, working in the bush area um, because that's what we had in those days. We're going back over seventy years. <laughs> he came so, from North Street here he, to Tomorrow. He came from there to Tukanu. Uh, which mm. is where Tukanu is right next to Waihi, if you know that area yes, on the yes. south end of the lake, Lake Topo. And um, and so he came down from there and uh, started his his work uh, from there driving, which and he ended up driving uh, timber logging trucks. So I do have a memory of memory of Ngapuhi people coming down to Maranui. For many, many years, until the last census, I believe, had the highest um, population of of iwi of their of their own people living here in Tomarunui. That was because of the mahi that was here, and that was timber milling, uh, the railways, and farming. Huge changes. Yeah. In fact, well, I stayed home and uh, looked after uh, children. We had a large family. I looked after the children for 24 years. And then the kids grew up and I thought, time to go back to work. So I came back to work and all I knew was that I wanted to work in a place that was of community, had that, that energy of community in it, you know, to build it to grow from something that was born of communities. And so I went to work for a place called Central King Country REAP. REAP means Rural Education Activities Program. I worked there for um, for 14 years. And then I thought, I loved it. I loved the people I was working with. I I, I loved the, the mahi that was in there. But for me, um, I recognize that I was sitting in not quite the right place. So I um, went to the board of REAP and said, i got to go. And they said, where, where, where are you going? I said, I don't know, but I've got to go. And so I did come out of REAP and set up Te Wakapu Whenua. And that was 16 years ago. We, 
This year was their 16th birthday. Te Waka Whenua runs adult and community education courses that include historical kōrero and knowledge, te reo Māori, raranga or weaving, and fai kōrero. The organisation is contracted by the Tertiary Education Commission. The most important part about all of that was that we also recognised that you'd never do anything like this without kaumātua. So I went out um, shoulder-tapping and uh, with, with our kaumātua and explained that we, we did want to, um, to, to um, be a provider for well, basically mātauranga Māori, whatever that means to our people, and you could ask a hundred people what that means, you get a hundred different answers, I'm sure. I knew what I meant when I said it, and, and if anyone else had, and I said, well, that's it. You know, it's this, everyone has this idea, and so you just put those ideas together and you use all of that as your resource so that you're not going out and grabbing something from out there, but it's from within. So we started off, and at that time we had something like 10 komatua. Most of those komatua, I said, you, 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 and you, uh, let's form a trust. So Te Waka Pufenua Trust um, came about, and wonderful, wonderful people, I, I can never forget them, who just got on board and they were so... Um, they bought with them all of their their resource as komatua, uh, which came from within. What they were saying and using, how they spoke, and not all of them were from here. There, there was Tuwharetua, Maniapoto, uh, the Hokainga people, uh, the Awa people, uh, Ngāpuhi, those others. But there was a very strong gathering of Komatua and and they contributed to to making this to birthing to Wakapu Fenua. They were all very fluent in Tirel and uh, and they had done their if I can say they had done their time in Tomaranui, the Ngapuhi ones who had come down here to work like my husband, Hiruni, and uh, and the others who who lived here or came in from from other places very first programs that we started and it's still going we called it Ngā Reo o Te Whenua and we would run buses it wasn't a tourism thing that's how we learned take people to different sites of particularly of, of cultural significance historical significance for the people living here we'd put them on the bus and say oh, you, you tell the story <laughs> So we went further and we'd go around to Whareto Way, so I'd tell a few stories there and through Maniapoto. And we've even been up north. Heruini and I have, have had 11 children and they were all brought up here. So we've been in our, in our place in Mananui, which is just a little bit south of Tomaranui, not far. Uh, we've been there for, well, we've been married for 53 years, but we've been in our place for 51 years, wow. I, I think. Yeah. And, and so from those children, we've got 30 mokopuna. I was going to say, I would imagine about and a, 30. And a few um, mokopuna tuarua. They've, well, our children anyway, and many of the mokopuna who've been brought up here. And so for me, this is, this is my ground. This, 
that feels good to know that we were part of that growing Tomarunui thing. It's looking a bit depressed at the moment, but I have to say, not the people. You know, they are, you know, you can go and look at and say, oh yeah, well we've got that tucker that looks that needs looking at, and yes. we've got some issues over there. But overall, when I think of community, I think of Tomaranui. To your understanding or to your knowledge, how's the state of Te Reo Māori in this community? Probably. Um, you'd probably get a similar response to in many places where we'd all say, wish it was better. Um, we can say, we're, we're working we're working on it. Um, or oh, that's one of our programs that we had. The very day we opened, we worked beforehand, before we opened, and uh, we had a te reo group. So we started with 18 in the group. A lot of them were senior adults. So they, we started off with our Te Reo Māori and we still run them every year, throughout the year. That sounds good, but there really needs to be a, a greater injection of Te Reo. We, we're not too sure how to do it, because I've always said, I don't want to be that, you know, and stuck down there mm. with having a government tag on us that we would always be um, an NGO and um, non-government organization yeah yeah if we don't last for five years then we weren't meant to, meant to be well we lasted seven years and after that i said i've had enough i said <laughs> I, I we need some money and i said I'm, I'm sick of running raffles and however else we get money and you know the, it's just barely filtering in um to keep us going so i did go with a plan and uh, I made out a proposal to Tertiary Education Commission and or to well firstly to keep us standing right. so that we can do our bit toward uh Tadel. And um and when right at the moment we know that some of our Rangatahi are calling out for for um more recognition of the the Reo, um so that they can hop in. Um they and there are those who are wanting recognition of their of their um, their use of of te reo. Tomaranui had a flax industry. It was the middle of the flax industry because of the of the harakeke that grows here, different kinds down the awa. Uh, like uh, they have. Oh, and I'm not a weaver. My mother and my father were both weavers. Yeah, the, all of you know, kete, pingal, they used the, um, the other ones, mostly down the other, these ones are, all my, all my sisters. And, and so Tomarunui was well known for that. And, and uh, so I asked around, I called a hui, all these women came, no, women and men, what do you fellas do? Now what's the best things about living in Tomarunui for six decades now? Mm. What's the best things to you? Oh, for me, it has to be the people. I do, you know, you go down the... It's not an easy thing to go from one end of the street to the other. You think, oh, okay, that's a, a brisk 10-minute walk yeah. for me. Not even. You end up half an hour later and you come back in and I say, sorry. It's the people, but not only the people, it's the stories they come from. That's why I love this place. Oh, I'm sure it's the same for every other place, but I only know these people. I only know the the stories from around here. 
and uh, and I think I got lucky. You know, I'm here. I hear these stories, and and uh, I'm in a place in my mahi where where I'm that close to doing what I want to do and not stuck in Tomarunui. I can go wherever. We all can. We can hop out of here and go to the other end of the earth, but then we can come home. Hi, Ngamihi, Ngamihi. Koa tēnei ko ngārau, ko ngārau tarawa. No Ngāti Tūwharetua, Ngāpui. I was born um, under the, the Maunga of uh, Tūwharetua and I uh, brought up uh, around the lake side, on the western side of the lake and, um, at uh, Waihi and then made uh, our way through my parents who made their way over here to Tōmarunui and, uh, and here I've been but I spend a lot of time um, on my home ground as well. Mm, so been here in Tomaranui for, or lived here for, oh, the the best part of probably sixty-two years, perhaps. 